0: board with video games the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television you can think of us as the summertime and grilling outside of gaming podcasts we're a proud member of the psvg podcast network and thrilled to be part of the dice tower network as well i'm one of your hosts ron burgundy and joining me on this co-op adventure the guy who brings the heat in more ways than one josh how are you doing
1: Hey, I'm good. You, you are like Ron Burgundy. You only read the <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> uh, I'm just thought I'd have some fun and mess up with your notes. <laughs> no,
0: that was great. I saw it actually. I had read it beforehand, and I got to it, and I said, "You know, I think Josh will appreciate it if I just go with it. To it." So, <laughs> indeed.
1: I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, yeah, uh, I am. I am the guy who brings the heat and more ways than one. Huh? I guess that's appropriate. To me, I I, I suppose.
0: (laughs) I think it's appropriate, for sure. Speaking
1: of bringing the heat, uh, it was 60 degrees today. Same here. And yesterday we had four inches of snow.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, we didn't have the four inches of snow yesterday. (laughs) It wasn't the 60s today. I think we're supposed to crack 70 tomorrow, so I'm pretty Mm. excited about that.
1: That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, New England weather. It was 30 degrees and sleet and snowing yesterday, and... Today, it's no not a cloud in the sky and 60 degrees.
0: <laughs> they just want to keep you on your toes, you know?
1: No kidding, huh? Like, now we have to worry about our cold. What is it? Is it COVID or is it cold? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so here is the important summertime question for you, though, Josh. When it comes to grilling, are yes. you a gra- are you a gas grill person or a charcoal grill person?
1: We have a gas grill. Um, I 100% appreciate coal grilling. It's just mm-hmm. not uh i don't have the time i can see that there's a lot more work that goes into coal uh grilling uh, but i i also don't fall in that category where people swear that they can tell the difference in tastes Mm, for coal mm -hmm. versus propane uh i think it comes down to how you clean the grates on your grill and what type of grill you have and a trick that i learned Ooh! many years ago was filling a spray bottle with uh like a third water it's one part water two parts olive oil mhm and spraying down your grates uh after you clean them but before you put your food on them oh yeah for sure and uh, it definitely comes out um your food just i think cooks much better and and that's something my whole life i didn't know about until mm-hmm. like five or six years ago So that was a little trick I've learned for grilling. But yeah, I've been grilling the past week or so, just because um, we're kind of stuck in this thing where the only meat we can get is like frozen patties. Oh, no. So my wife eats turkey burgers, so we get like the butterball turkey burgers for her. And then I'm stuck Mm -hmm. with whatever grocery stores, uh, off-brand frozen hamburger patties they sell because I just can't buy ground beef anymore. Right. Uh, so, so we we like to grill whenever possible um, because whenever I do it inside, uh, the smoke from the skillet just fills the house.
0: I can see that. I'm a I'm a fan of grilling. I I really love to grill. We also have a gas grill, though. I grew up. My dad only ever cooked on charcoal. Yeah. I, I do think there is a difference, but I think that you can still cook ex- exceedingly amazing food on a gas grill. Like you can't, it's not like you could only cook yeah. good food on a charcoal grill and it's just different. And it's a different way things are done. And on a charcoal grill, you can still make your food taste like gas. If you would, if you like <laughs> use too much lighter fluid and do sure. all those things, sure. like you can still really mess your food up that way. Too. You can so, burn
1: anything on a charcoal grill. Yeah, or doesn't a matter. grill.
0: <laughs> Anytime there is fire, you could burn something. So, but no, I agree with the oil. I always oil my grill. Um, I had a friend who I had talked about oiling my grill, and then they tried to use like Pam on their grill. <laughs> just don't spray do that, it listener. down. Just, yeah, just don't don't. When we're talking about spray bottles, it's just a little air spray bottle, it's not an aerosol can. Uh, of yeah, of something. a water spray
1: bottle or a cleaner yeah, spray bottle.
0: Exactly. So no extra propellant in there to pass, potentially catch on fire. Uh, that's that would be bad. <laughs> I so always do like that.
1: to cook with canned air turned upside down. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly, so, yes, all right, Josh, anything else we want to talk about before we get to the show today?
1: Oh man, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Has everyone else's world upside down? because that's how my life feels. so I don't know that I can bring up other topics.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we will just move on and because I, I actually am adding a topic to our show Ooh, today. so good. surprise. anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone, as always, if you have any feedback questions. Suggested topics, hit us up at BoredWithVG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome things posted over on the Instagram, also BoredWithVG. We're a proud part of place of video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So listeners, we are sticking with the new quote-unquote format of the show, if you would. Uh, Where this came from a little bit was just that I think like most people, I'm struggling to keep up with my podcast backlog. So this is something that A, makes the shows a little bit more evergreen, uh, B, also... Has generally made the shows a bit shorter, so hopefully you're we able to get through them a little bit quicker, and we're not quite taking as much of your time. Though we we enjoy doing this, and we and we could easily do two hour podcasts all the time if we wanted to. Uh, trying to make things a little more efficient for you, and also a little more, uh, so it's not such a big deal if you miss a show here or there. So with that, we've each brought three topics again, but I am going to add a. Fourth topic slash general topic for us to talk about, because I really thought Josh would put this as one of his, and he didn't. (laughs) Josh, you finished Final Fantasy VII.
1: I did, yes.
0: I'm almost done. Uh I'm in chapter 17 of 18, so I'm close. Number one, first question for you. What was your clock time when you were done?
1: 31.26.
0: Okay, so here's the funny thing. I've played the game longer than you have.
1: Well, I've... You know, I thought I did when you complete it, they kinda tell you what you did what you got out of what's available. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I got more. Okay. Um however, I don't think this is a spoiler. Uh there's a part in the game where um you are doing essentially more VR missions if you've done the Chadley stuff, like something yep. else opens up for you. I didn't do any of that because at the point that I unlocked it, I wanted to I, – I felt like I was close to the end and I wanted to finish the game. Right. And I and I noticed that it, it's probably something I should have spent more time with. I'll, but also, I, I wasn't trophy hunting on this one. I was just kind okay. of enjoying the experience. So, while I appreciate the trophy hunters, I really do. And if I had the time, this could definitely be a game I would try to focus on a Platinum. Mm-hmm. Um, but really I was so like, it's, it's weird to say, cause I played the first one, the original, but like I was so invested in the story. I wanted to see where it went because right. how much is different that I just kind of wanted to push through. So if I, I probably could have spent easily another 10 hours in this game, um, in fact, I could have revisited it, but I uninstalled it so I could actually install more games onto my, on my <laughs> PlayStation because, of how awful call of duty is with space
0: oh my gosh that game takes i up was gonna so to uninstall call
1: of duty but i didn't want to like limit us because kyle and i have played together recently and i didn't want to limit that by uninstalling that right but, like it takes up 170 gigs on my hard drive
0: i know it's ridiculous just
1: because it added warzone anyways that's way off topic <laughs> uh so yeah so 3126 was my end time uh when gotcha. i finished
0: Yeah, I spent way too much time doing pull-ups. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to spoil anything more than that. (laughs) I just did
1: it the one time. Oh, did you? (laughs) And I didn't revisit it.
0: Okay, yeah. I went through all the pull-up challenges. So, uh, And really, the first two, super simple. Hmm. For whatever the last one, you know how sometimes you get into that rhythm, and it wouldn't be so bad except they change the pattern? Yeah, yeah. And that's the second time. (laughs) Well, but even like from first time to second time. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, the first pattern might not be the same as what you had last time for the first pattern. And it just messed with my head big time. Uh, So I spent way too much time (laughs) doing pull ups. But um, overall, where does this game like? Not that you have to give it a score or anything like that, but, you know, as we think of game favorite games of the year so far, you know, do you think this game will be a contender at the end of the year? Is this something that's potentially flirting with a top 10 favorite all-time game for you because it seems like you really enjoyed it i'll give it a
1: score if you want
0: if you yeah if you want to that's fine 10 out of 10 okay that's a good score (laughs) i'm assuming 10 being good right
1: no 10 being the worst one being the
0: best (laughs) (laughs) one out of 10 highest score you can get
1: uh yeah uh i think what pushes me from a nine to a 10 because i think maybe for most people this could be a nine um I don't know if I'm in the like the like the lowest part of this, but uh, I really feel like this this game redefined one of my favorite RPGs mm-hmm. in the best way possible because they stayed tr- so far, and that's the question, right? Do I judge it based on a whole? Is this a whole? But if we're assuming this is a full game, which I feel like at least con- content-wise it is. Um, it 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 took it's like taking something that you loved but you had so many more questions about and not like it's like the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. Mm-hmm. One of in my opinion, the only one of the only films that are better in the extended version of them. Uh because it adds so much more character content. Right. And that's what this game does for you. People are worried, like one of our listeners is a very big fan of Final Fantasy VII and is worried about revisiting this because it's a part one and the stigma behind that. But everything that is in this game takes that amazing story from Seven, makes it more palatable now because of how good it looks. It's right. really hard to revisit Final Fantasy Seven original now because it's just so dated and, 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 but then it just, it just expands the story and it gives you all, now, not everyone might want this, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Especially
1: people who maybe didn't play the first one, but there's so much more story to the characters that I loved. Even the side quests were like charming and fun. Um, I will admit there was definitely a point where I was like, I'm still <laughs> doing a side quest right now. I thought I was at the end of the game. Right. Uh. And I get that 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 might have been a little frustrating, but once they started doing them, it wasn't as much of a chore as I thought, and I felt like there was important character development in it. Um, But yeah, they didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion, in this game. Uh, From the character models to the voice acting to Mm -hmm. um, the controls, the combat system, which they basically created their own new version of an old tried combat system uh everything felt real good and the fact like that it was so easy to switch between characters and change commands and and it reminded me when we used to play final fantasy 7 way back when we would just equip materia that hadn't mm-hmm. leveled up to every character we didn't really care what character had what materia and right. then as soon as it leveled we would just put in a and uh, material that hadn't leveled yet. And that's what I was doing with all my characters. I was just like, cool, mastered. <laughs> next one. Okay, cool, let's move on. So I was having a blast with it. And I feel like once I wrap up Control, I will uninstall Control and reinstall Final Fantasy just to mm-hmm. give me a little bit of a break right. and get back to Final Fantasy. But uh, I could talk about it for hours, honestly. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite experiences Ever, for sure. Um, I don't know where it sits in my all time, but I can tell you right now, it's certainly game of the year.
0: Yeah, I am excited to, once I actually finally finish the game, I'm excited to talk to you about the end of it, because I don't know how it ends, I've just heard that (laughs) it might not be exactly what I would expect it to end, so I am looking forward to experiencing that and then talking with you about that, whatever that is. I I had one small gripe before, and that was a little bit like how linear everything felt for the areas. I have one other small gripe.
1: Bring it on.
0: And it's a small one, but I think it is an impactful one. And I'm going to try to do this in as non-spoiler of a way as I can. There is one point where your characters are looking out over a kind of a vista, I will say. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about what everything looks like. And that looked a lot like a flat 2D background. Yeah, and that was, and that is something that I think happened more and more uh, later in the game. And there's a specific reason I think why you see it more and more in the in the game. And I don't want to talk about it for spoiler reason. But you know, last week I talked about wow, the production like this was a produced game. Okay, maybe they ran out of a little money at the end <laughs> because.
1: Can I make I a counterpoint think, to that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I
1: think it might be because of scale. It could be. Trying to it very well could have been. Trying, like, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, but I think what the point you're talking about, where they're kind of showing the repercussions of what happened before, if you're looking like at at the actual mm-hmm. like background, I think for me at least, I definitely noticed what you're saying. I think I chalked it up to scale. And that could be me just trying to make up for that as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a little it's a little blemish maybe on an yeah. overall beautiful game.
0: Yeah. And overall, I don't think it took too much away from my experience, just the existence of that in general in certain yeah. parts of the game. But when they specifically call you to look at it, right. and then you look <laughs> at it and you're like, oh, okay. That was for me just a little bit of a, ah, maybe that could have been just a touch more. But overall, still really enjoying the experience. Uh, like I said, I I think I'm at 30... Three or thirty-four hours right now, so a little further than you know. You even though I'm not done with it yet, as far yeah. as hours in. Uh, like I said, way too much way too much time on pull ups. Um, but okay, that is just the additional topic. Josh, why don't you take us <laughs> to your first topic?
1: Cool. Well, before I started my topic, I did want to mention or related to my first topic. Um, we got we got some feedback. I didn't even tell you yet um, about our new show format, and that uh, in a positive way. So the person that Excellent. I played games with uh, also listens to the show now, and uh, without prompt, he said, you know, I really like the new show format. Before, when you guys split it, um, I wasn't necessarily interested, all that interested in the board game news parts, and it mm-hmm. took up half of the show. Now, he said, with our topics, it's more digestible for him. Um, so I actually really appreciated that feedback, and I'm hoping... Other people also agree with that um, because I do think it does lend more. It's more short topics yeah. in between each other, so you can kind of. And he said you can listen to the whole thing as mm. opposed to trying to like get through things. So I thought that was good to hear. It is good to hear. So the other night, I want to say it was fr- it was Friday night. Um, my friends, uh, Joe and Carissa. Joe was a listener. Um they normally do board games over uh Skype with their friends who live in Maryland, I believe. It's Mar- I think it's Maryland. They play Pandemic. And this is and he also plays uh Pathfinder over Skype. I think um I don't know if he's a GM or not, but he plays uh, over over Skype as well. So he has some experience playing games over these like webcam sites. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they we tried to get a gaming group together. I was the only one available of our group of friends. My You know, my wife w- worked a long shift, and then she had to get up early the next day, so she didn't join us. Um, but we decided uh, to try Villainous over Skype. Mm-hmm. You can also do Zoom. I know people – we had some questions about this uh, on social media. Uh, you can use Skype or Zoom or probably Twitch or Mixer, any, like, streaming service where you can – Um, talk to the people that are with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we use Skype because this is what we use now. And, you know, I have my whole set up already. So all I literally did was take my card table and turned my chair to the left, put my card table in front of me. So we played Villainous, and how this worked was, you know, I I checked with them to see what expansions they have. So they had all of them, but the newest one. So I left out the newest one. And well, I guess, so the topic I wrote was like, can it be done? And more importantly, should it be done? So I I hope to answer that question for people, but I want to tell you how it worked first. So my suggestion would be, if you're going to try to do this, start with someone or some people who have already done this at least once. Okay, so don't try to just jump in and try to Skype a game uh, with your friends if you haven't maybe tried it yet. And, And I will happily volunteer if we have any listeners who want to try to Skype a game. As long as, and here's the key point, as long as we both have that game, we can do it. Any game. It might be difficult, but it shouldn't be. So that is the catch, right? You need to both have the same game. This is what is different between uh, Skype or any webcam version versus like Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia. And the reasons why I am less inclined to do those is because there's no rule, uh, there's no rules incorporation. So you can make wrong moves in those and nobody would know. And, you know, I know that there's a, like a huge audience of people who swear by those. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did, we laid out our games, Joe and Carissa, they basically, so if you know Villainous, you have a character deck and a fate deck, and everyone does. So what I did was on my table, I laid out my character board, I shuffled my deck, and I just put my fate deck to the side. And then I set up their boards, and I left their deck and their their fate cards in front of them, but I took out all of the effects and conditions from their draw deck, because those are cards I don't need to keep track of. And Mm -hmm. you can identify this in any game you're playing. There are certain things you can uh, get rid of your control of. For they were going to control everything on their end. right? So if I needed to play, if someone was going to play fate against me, they look at my fate deck and then they show me on the webcam the two cards I have to choose between without letting the other player see. So Mm -hmm. if you were uh, using a fake card against me, someone else with you, or you wouldn't look and you would just show them to me on the webcam, and then I would tell you what I'm using, and then you would put the other card back. This is obviously specific to Villainous. Um, So that was one aspect of it. So you also have power tokens in, in Villainous, which basically are like recruit tokens, Mm -hmm. And I found it important to track everyone's because some cards um, ask you, like, if a person has six or more power, you can use an instant card against them. So you want to know who has what power. Right. And you also move each person's pawn to the location they are in the game. But the two of them, they're doing the most of the work. So if you're playing with a group of people, maybe two players who have played before. Let those people be the ones who control the most of the game. So if me and you were playing a game together, and you had played this game and I haven't, the burden, I would say, and it's not much of a burden, but you would want to take on the most of the game control. However, when you have a game like Villainous, it was honestly very easy for me to take my turn. If I'm playing an event or condition, I just have to tell them. They don't need to pull that card out of my deck. But if I'm playing an ally, so I played Hades, Mm -hmm. so if I was playing a titan, I would tell them the name of the titan and where I put them, and then they would take that titan out of my deck on their side and put it on my board in front of them so they knew where I was at all times. Right. And that's what's the most important part of Villainous is tracking where you are at all times. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it took more than 30 minutes longer than a normal Villainous game takes in person. Right. So getting over the first hurdle of how am I navigating this and how am I playing this? That was the biggest challenge. After that, everything worked great. And when we had downtime and someone was taking their turn, we could still talk to each other. And it was just like playing in person. It was great. We had such a good time. One of our friends ordered a copy of Villainous from Barnes & Noble so he can join us the next time we play. Um, I think the more people you get, it's going to get a little bit more hectic. Right. But they had two people on one cam, one screen. Mm-hmm. If you can get like six people, but two per screen, I think it will work great. Right. Because someone can do things for you while you're doing other things.
0: Yeah. And in some ways, it actually keeps you actively engaged the entire time because you have to be able to keep track of yeah all the other stuff that's going on. So that is much so less, less
1: that was, phone time. I did order a gaming chair while we were playing there, <laughs> um, but uh, that's because someone was taking a bathroom break. And then I, they came back and I was like, oh, and chair ordered. And they were like, what? <laughs> what did you do? Oh, oh, you missed that conversation. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have thought about ordering a gaming chair, mostly because I'd sit in the same chair that we podcast in now all day during work. (laughs) So I'm in this chair. I've been in this chair for eight plus hours a day for many days in a row. And it's not meant for that. But uh, so overall, you endorse board gaming over webcam.
1: Hey, not only do I endorse it, but if you, Kyle, or people that are listening, if you guys want to play board games with me over webcam, over Skype, I am 100% on board To do that, as long as you have patience and Mm -hmm. a lot time to do it. And I'll say right now, for anyone listening, as far as I know, every night of mine, except for Sunday when we record, has just opened up. So I should be available from 8 p.m. on to play video games or board games. And I'd be happy to do it because we just kind of live in a time where we need to do things like this right now.
0: Right, for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Anything else you want to say about that?
1: Uh, no. I mean, stay tuned for more. I, I hope to report um, back on more experiences with this, and um, I'm sure there'll be hiccups and complaints and issues, and I'll make sure to consciously observe them and write them mm-hmm. down so I can talk about maybe some of the, the hurdles for, for this as well.
0: All right. So we're going to move on then. My first topic is actually going to be a review of a board game that... Actually, might be a little challenging to play over something like webcam because there's a huge random element to it. There you go. So this will be a thing, though, that I think you could overcome. I think just it'd have to be one person maintaining and you'd have to have a camera that is always looking at the cards available. But anyway, <laughs> this game, uh, Valley of the Kings Premium Edition. Uh this was published by AEG last year. It came out in 2019. But Valley of the Kings is a collective or a uh, deck building game that actually originally I think came out in like 2015 maybe. Uh, but there was three previous versions of it. There was Valley of the Kings, Valley of the Kings Afterlife and Valley of the Kings Last Rites. What the premium edition does is it takes all of those games, puts them into one box, gives you a nice premium tarot sized card gives you some additional components so you can play with five or six players. also includes uh, some solo play rules. It gives you dividers for all the cards. It comes with sleeves for all of the cards. It also has these new pharaoh cards that didn't exist that give you some asymmetrical play to it. So basically what you're getting is Valley of the Kings was kind of known as this really big card game in a small box because the, the gameplay of it was very depth, but the box of the original version of the game, very small. Now you're getting a big game in a big box, (laughs) I guess. So, but what Valley of the Kings is, like I said, it is a deck building game, a competitive deck building game. And for the most part, a lot of the things that it does are very similar. If you've ever heard us talk about deck building games in the past, you have your 10 starting cards, you have a hand of five, and then with those five cards, you are able to purchase other cards to bring into your deck. Um, to try to improve the quality of your deck, the goal being having the most points at the end of the game. The twist, though, that Valley of the Kings puts on it is really interesting, and there's two big twists. The first twist is that the card market is a pyramid. So there's three cards on the bottom, then two cards, and then a, one card at the top. The only cards you're eligible to purchase are the three cards at the bottom. And once you purchase a card, then the pyramid, quote-unquote, crumbles... And you move one of the cards from the second row down to the first row and the top card down to the second row, and then the pyramid would refill at the end of your turn. So there is a little bit of gamesmanship in it as you're looking at the cards to purchase, recognizing, okay, if I buy X card, that is going to make Y card available for my opponent to buy. Do I want my opponent to have access to that card? So that is one additional layer that this game puts on top, is there's a little bit of your ability to control the card market to a degree. The second thing that this game does that's very interesting is every card does three things, but you can only ever do one of the three things with each card on your turn. So you either can use it for its purchase value. So every card is going to have, say it gives like two coins or one coin to your ability to purchase cards from the market. The other thing is every card has a special ability. So you could play the card to use its special ability. The third thing is that you can entomb the cards, which means you take it out of your hand and you put it in your tomb. And you can do that once per turn with one card, unless you have things that give you the ability to do more. But the interesting wrinkle is the only way you score points are based off the cards in your tomb at the end of the game. Hmm. So you're spending your whole time buying cards from the pyramid and building up your deck but also trying to figure out where that tipping point of is of taking cards out of your deck and entombing them for points at the end. Some cards have a victory point at the bottom that they just say, "Hey, if this is entombed it's worth one victory point." Most cards though are you're collecting sets. So say one of the types of cards is books. So for every different type of book you have in your tomb, you, for one, you get one point, it's square. So for one, you get one point, two, you get four points, three, you get nine points, etc. But they have to be different cards. So they have to be books, but different books. Um, so it's a really interesting mix on all of these things that very straightforward game to to teach. It's like, okay, on your turn, you're going to purchase some stuff. And you can entomb stuff if you want to, and you can play cards for their actions. But really, it's trying to balance what cards do I want to get? When am I going to entomb them to get the value out of them? When am I going to use them for their special abilities? When am I going to purchase cards? What cards am I going to purchase then to potentially impact the card availability to my opponent? And then when you see multiple cards out there, you might say, okay, you know, both of these are the same, and... Maybe I do want to get them both because of one I'm going to entomb and the other one I'm just going to keep using in my deck for as long as I can. So it really takes the idea of streamlining your deck to the nth degree mm. because the more streamlined your deck is, in theory, the more points you'll have at the end of the game. So it's a really interesting game. It is definitely not what I was expecting. I, I knew Valley of the Kings was a really well-respected deck builder that people had really enjoyed it um, and, you know, favorite quote-unquote deck builder thrown a lot around a lot for it i get why it's a really great game like i said very easy to teach but then once you teach it there's just a lot of different options for you to do on every single turn everything plays differently and the cool part is too is like i said if you buy this premium edition which is i think a great value very easy to recommend there's two different starting decks there are all of the different cards so you can play with like the base game cards either of the expansion cards Uh, But then they have, like I said, the Pharaoh cards that have abilities on them that, you know, you and your opponent or opponents each might have a Pharaoh card, which all are asymmetrical and allow you to do different unique things. Plus, then they have like these special decks you can build that say, oh, you know, take this Group of cards from this set and this group of cards from this set and this group of cards from this set. Mix all of those together, and that's going to be kind of your deck that you're starting from or your stock that you're starting from. Uh, And they have player-designed ones in the player guide. They're like, hey, here are really popular ones from Board Game Geek that we think are really great as well, so you should try these combinations to play. So the depth to this game and the number of ways that you can play with it and interact with it uh, is, is pretty high. And there's still a ton of room in the insert. So the insert's really well designed. It fits all the cards in sleeves, but it all the cards sleeved, even though there's well over 300 cards, only take half of the box. And the other half is just waiting there ripe for expansion. So I don't know <laughs> if they're going to do expansions. I really hope they do, uh, because this game is great. If you have the opportunity to get Valley of the Kings Premium Edition, I highly recommend it. Uh, if you're into deck builders, I think it's an easy recommend if you're not into deck builders. I think there's a little more complexity than other deck builders, but I still think it's not so complex that you couldn't get into it. If this wasn't a style of game you had played before, but overall, I really loved it. Highly recommend it. Valley of the Kings premium edition from AEG. Oh, and I should say designed by Tom Cleaver initially. So
1: awesome. I think
0: maybe I'll, yeah,
1: maybe I'll sleeve mine tonight because we we were going to play it, but I realized We had limited time, and how much time it was going to take to sleeve the whole game? Yeah. So I figured we we played something else instead. We played some. Hey, I don't remember where we played that night, but yeah, maybe I'll sleeve that tonight and try to get that to the table tomorrow. That might that I, might happen.
0: I will say it took me longer to sleeve than it took me to figure out how to play.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like that when I was reading the rules. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you so. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. That will be awesome. Easy. That will be helpful when I try to convince my wife to play a game. <laughs> Carl already cool. played it. He said it's really yeah, good. <laughs> it's great. It's
0: super simple. So, all right, Josh, your second topic.
1: Cool. Well, my this second topic is I was I kind of went back and forth on a few topics, but I wanted to add in a, a video game one. Um, so we we're in an, we're living in an interesting time for sure, and something that has turned uh. Uh, a weird has had a weird turn that maybe we probably did predict but didn't anticipate (laughs) was consoles and certain accessories are pretty much unavailable everywhere and uh people are now profiting on that problem so um i wanted to add a few questions but a few questions are which I'm curious but what you think and what we should answer is like, is, is now the time to buy a new console? Uh, should people be saving their pennies for the next gen consoles? Should they maybe be buying board games for entertainment instead? And how do we feel about people taking advantage of a market? Like what we're in. Um, and I know that that might be the hot topic of, the, of the topics, but yeah, um so what do you think like is if you're i imagine if i'm putting myself in people's shoes who aren't us who don't have all the three main consoles right um you're sitting at home well okay i can't put myself in those shoes i have a three-year-old he can't play video games yet in fact i tried to use the co-pilot feature on xbox which i should probably talk about next week um because I wanted him to try to get games and he's just, he's just not there yet. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I imagine people with children, five, six plus years old, they're now maybe con- reconsidering there are no video games in the household right. argument. Right. So now like I have a buddy who's like that. He's like, well, should I get a switch? And he's like, I'm going to wait for his birthday. But his wife's like, yeah, but you guys are going crazy in the house right now. So, why not just get him a switch now? but now he can't get a switch <laughs> right, so it's not even an option unless he's willing to pay apparently three to six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. depending on the switch model you're looking for yep, um so, what do you think is now the time to buy where Where do you think people's heads are when they are willing to spend upwards of double the price of a console?
0: Yeah. So in general, usually this is a great time to buy a new console when you're in about the last year of a console's life cycle yeah. because they're less expensive than they've ever <laughs> been and they have more games than they've ever had. So usually this is a great time <laughs> to get into yeah. a console. But, yeah, it's a little odd right now, right? I know we've had people in our Discord who, you know, sold – somebody sold a PS4 Slim for like 275 or $285. Yeah. You yeah, know, that's, yeah. that's pretty ridiculous. That, you know, those consoles are going for that price part. A big part of me says, no, not now is not a good time, but I also don't have kids. So I don't necessarily know how difficult it is to entertain children in a situation like this. Right. right? But a big part of me is like, well, if you're in a situation where you're like, hey, a console and games might be a good fit. I assume you can potentially afford to do other things, too. You yes. know, and, and I think that's for me where I, I don't know if it's a – so from that aspect, I don't know if it's a quote-unquote good time because now you're going to be paying more than you should for something. But the value of something is also how much is worth to you at the time. Exactly. So if it's worth that to you right now, then I guess go for it. Uh, I I guess I don't really feel quote-unquote too bad about people like profiting off of this in this situation because this isn't a necessity, right? It's not something that people are – needing to continue to exist during this pandemic situation we're in. I kind of have always had the same feeling about concert tickets. Yeah. You know, anytime it stinks when something is a limited quantity like that. And you like, I might be a huge fan of XYZ artist, but scalper gets in before me, buys tickets and charges me triple the price. That stinks. There's no really great way to fix that. And that's why in some States you can't do that. But part of me also is like, it's not a necessity, right? It's not a thing I have to have. And what is the value to me? If the scalper is charging me triple and I think it's worth it, then maybe the artist should have charged triple. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say yeah. in that situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and my, people might say I'm totally wrong and that's fine. I, I can agree. I, I This isn't a thing I feel really strongly about mm. either way. So I probably could be convinced differently. But, you know, I, yeah, I just think that, it's un unfor- for me, the biggest unfortunate thing is that usually right now would be a great time to get in and it just isn't seeming that way, but on the flip side we are getting a whole bunch of games delayed, so who knows right uh, maybe the <laughs> consoles will be delayed even though both companies are saying right now they're not going to be uh maybe they will be you know one of the stories we're not talking about is that you know p s five has said it's going to be supply constrained at the, at the start, yeah. Okay, I'm not surprised. I, I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be. Uh, but I also don't think as many people are going to upgrade because it's just an uncertain time right now unless things really get back to normal. I don't necessarily think as many people are going to be looking to jump on next-gen consoles day one. Uh, but it's just unfortunate that it's harder to get in on the current gen now than it typically would be at this point. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I would say like as far as the um, should people be profiting, etc., I agree with you. Like, it's not like people hoarding toilet paper and, like, these are things people already had. And maybe they're like, well, I'm not using this, so now's the time to, like, to to jump on this. Right. Uh, So, yeah, it's supply and demand. We talk about this. This is the Nintendo model, except in a pandemic and for used consoles. (laughs) So, it's a little weird, but... Well, and, like the you're Switch still providing thing, people with something they need.
0: Yeah, and like Nintendo doesn't have Switches right now just because they actually did run into manufacturing issues yeah. because of COVID, whereas Nintendo or whereas Xbox and PlayStation were already winding down the amount that they were producing, so they didn't run into the same issues. Yeah,
1: we're not in the spot where people are like literally like holding off on production like they right. just can't. Um But yeah, like I know it's a hot topic and I made a joke. I made the shame comment because Donnie sold his, his Elite controller for a ridiculous price, but it was, you know, it was in, in good fun because people are making a decision to do this. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, and like Donnie, Donnie had said, like, he was going to sell as an Elite anyways because he really is looking forward to that new Xbox controller. And, like, right. you should do that 100%. Uh, right. I could have sold my NES Classic or my SNES Classic a dozen times over and made triple my, the profit, but I just didn't right. because I'm still using them. But if I was holding on to an elite controller that never got played, like, yeah, now it's time to sell it. So right. I so I don't hold that against anybody. I'm like, i kind of just wanted to put that out there. I figured you'd be on the same page as me, um, but just to kind of make people who are selling things right now feel a little bit better, you're not, it's not like you bought a thousand rolls of toilet paper and you're trying to charge right. four times the price for it. Right. At least you're putting it out for a bidding site where people are honestly bidding on something. Yeah. I, I will say to add on to that, like you mentioned, like the entertainment value and stuff like we look to get my son a new playset because the slide we have like a little tiny slide mm-hmm. in the backyard. But it was for him when he was one. And now he's three. He's way too big <laughs> for it. So we said, you know, the government's going to give us 500 bucks right, t- for him. Yep. Let's spend like two hundred bucks on a playset and put the rest away. <laughs> you can't buy them anywhere; they're sold out right. everywhere. You can't right. buy a single. In fact, I did find one playset, and it was five thousand dollars because it was the size of my whole backyard. So <laughs> we did not buy that. Um, so it's it's hard for people with children right now who are trying to find more ways to stimulate them. Right. Where I don't hold it against them to have them turning onto maybe a switch in what I would consider too early. And again, that's all based on the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, like we're desperate times, man, like you have to do what's best for you and your kids. And if your kids are driving you crazy, right? It doesn't make, like we had this conversation with my wife earlier. I did. It doesn't help if you're constantly yelling at them for something, find something else. Right. That's not working for them. That <laughs> yeah. You yelling at them doesn't make anything better. So right. if you have to let them use the switch for two hours a day or eight, I don't care. They're your kids. But do what keeps you and your kid healthy and safe. That's more important than anyone's social judgments on what you should be doing with your kid. Let's all get through this and then you can worry about limiting screen time once this is all over
0: <laughs> do you think that there's going to be a huge drop in price and suddenly when this all ends people who got one and are like okay i don't have time for this anymore i'm going to sell it do you think in you know fall the current gen of stuff is going to be just dirt cheap to buy on the second hand market
1: Second hand, yeah yeah i 100 percent agree people will be trying to unload all this technology they brought into their house that right. they don't want
0: <laughs> well and i i just wonder what will happen because there are rumors out there that you know playstation for sure i would imagine xbox 2 is looking to potentially cut the price of their consoles yeah in the fall could you imagine then you buy this thing high <laughs> and yeah. then the new ones get cut to the price or below the price you paid for it used and now you're trying to offload it you wouldn't and everyone's be able like to sell, why would yeah. i buy it because i could buy a new one for the less than that you know yeah. Ooh, it'll be, be interesting.
1: interesting yeah for sure uh <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really know I, I don't think i mean we're all in this like world of uncertainty but I right. I really find it interesting that we're 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 in a world where console demand is from manufacturing, not from supply and demand.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what worries me about all of this, Josh?
1: I don't. Please inform it, me.
0: It's not necessarily <laughs> the gaming. Oh, and I do want to say really quick before I go into that. If listener you disagree with us on this, I would love to hear your rationale. Yes. Because I just haven't put a ton of thought into it, and since I'm not in the situation where I need to get one. I really just haven't thought about it all that much. So I if somebody does disagree, I would love to know the rationale as to why they think it's uh bad, you know, to to charge what you can get for consoles at this point. So I'd be interested to know. Uh but related to that, all these animal shelters that don't have animals anymore. Yeah. I'm so worried that when life goes back to typical, that all those places are gonna get super, super full again.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, we can say this now. A lot of people have been, like, adopting animals Mm -hmm. to help them through this. If you haven't done that, do that once this is over. And you know what? I I will make that pledge now. And I won't tell my wife. I won't tell my (laughs) wife. Because we're the same. All of our animal shelters, they're pretty much empty right now. Right. And I think you're 100% right. Like, you got to worry about what's going to happen. People surrendering their their animals. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? I will make that pledge that once this is over, if it is ever over, uh, I will immediately look into the shelter where I rescued my cat, Mm -hmm. Sterling Animal Shelter, and, uh, maybe we'll get a dog or another cat. Who knows?
0: Who knows? That's a great pledge. I would pledge that I already have two dogs.
1: I'm not asking you to do that. (laughs) I know. I would
0: take a third though. I would totally take a third. But anyway, okay. That's Bye, a kind. Next. That's
1: a nice thought that you had. Sorry to cut you yeah. off, but uh, no, okay. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that, and that right. is important. So, um, I I was actually talking to my wife yesterday about I was looking at watching Billie Eilish's Instagram, and she was fostering a dog, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna adopt this dog." Like foster, foster fail. fail. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good on her and. I said, we should maybe we should go rescue a dog. So I'll revisit that.
0: Awesome. All right. So for my second topic, we're just going to talk a little bit of the board game related COVID news. Just some things that are kind of going on in the board game world. Nothing that we're going to spend too much time on. Just kind of some highlights, I guess, if you want to call them that of what's been going on in the gaming industry, board game industry, specifically because of COVID. Uh, Number one being the kind of the big one, and I'm just looking at ICV2.com and their news on games. uh, Asmodee has suspended their new releases through May. So at this point, anything new uh, that is being published by Asmodee is pushed back past the end of May. They had initially uh, done this earlier where they had pushed everything past May 1st, They are now pushing things out to June, basically. Uh, Josh, thoughts when you heard about this? Did you hear about this before? And kind of what are you thinking about? Asmodee saying, yeah, we're not going to release any new games until at least June.
1: I didn't know. I didn't hear that. Um, I support that. That makes sense. You also have to look at the economy as a Mm -hmm. business. And I think right now we're in this weird. world where people are just like looking to spend their stimulus check yeah and i think they're probably looking at they're probably thinking people will be back to work in june and hopefully Mm -hmm. hopefully that's correct but um yeah there's no reason to put anything out there's no reason to put anything new out right now at all i i watch like if you look at any ads like target or your grocery stores are like three page ads yeah. and like I was like I went to the grocery store the other day and wondered why my grocery trip cost me double the price, because I was like, oh, because nothing's on sale.
0: Oh right. You know, right, I'm right. just
1: I'm just buying what I need, but nothing's on sale. So uh there's no reason to put anything out right now. Um we just saw the whole the whole board game expo was cancelled. Yep. Which was was set to release like what, fifteen new games that weren't gonna come out until June, July or August. So Yeah, why not hold off? It makes a lot of sense. So, good on them.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And it's interesting, too, because I think... I could be wrong about this, but if I recall, they are distributing with Alliance, and Alliance is shut down right now. But I think their contract with Alliance ends really soon, too, because they were exclusively working with alliance so i wonder if that will impact things there mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason that they can't distribute is alliance is shut down until at least mid-may so i'm wondering if maybe day is in some contract negotiation stuff um to either end that when they all start back up again or if it's being extended because of the inability to you know fulfill obligations of the contract for a certain amount months but obviously Extenuating circumstances here, yeah. but um, really, this is obviously isn't related necessarily directly to the stuff. But uh, San Diego Comic Con was canceled. It was. What do you? What are your thoughts on that?
1: The first time in fifty years. Yeah. Um. I mean, it makes sense. It's a bummer. This is another con they can do digitally, though. Like yep. the big, the big hype about Comic Con is getting in line to Hall H and staying there for three days, basically, mm-hmm. so you can see all the big trailers. So. Um, yeah, it's going to hurt distributors and retailers because that's where they sell all their merch. But, you know, that that is, out of all the cons being canceled, that's the easiest one in my head. Uh, because besides, like, the like Funko Pop comic-con exclusives and figures, right. like, you're not really looking at too much that is reliant on physical media. Right. It's not like a board game con where, like, 80% of your profit is from like sales. Mm-hmm. So it's still a bummer, right? Like we don't want right. to see this happening because it ultimately affects people's jobs. Yeah. Uh, but also the, I just, I just suppressed the skeptic part of me. So I'm just going to stop <laughs> it. <there. laughs>
0: okay. But, yeah, you know, like you said, though, most of the big things that come out of that could easily be done if people wanted to virtually. Yeah. You know, Hall H panels could be done via a lot of different ways without people having to get together to do them. And we all could watch and it. it would be great. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next story from ICV2. Fantasy Flight has po- postponed its in-store organized play events until fall. Um so from the story by Milton Gripe on the site, quote Fantasy Flight Games has pushed back its organized play events substantially in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Store level organized play events are being postponed beyond summer to September 1st the company said in its announcement and premier level events are being suspended until July 29th and will be rescheduled when possible and these include the Grand Championships, Keyforge Fault Tours, the Legend of Five Rings Kotai series and the Star Wars X-Wing Systems Open Series, so some of these had originally been planned for Origins, which has now been pushed back to October. Josh, September first—that's a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- but we're we're in this like perpetual state of constantly postponing things. So I think it's smarter for them to postpone till September than to do June, than to do July, than to do August, than to do True. September. So at least they're hopeful that things will be back to normal in October. Or September, sorry. Um mm-hmm. which I'm hopeful as well, <laughs> but less optimistic right. as them. Uh so yeah, I mean that's it's smart. It's better it's better to postpone now than to, to cancel, I think. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people probably don't have the ability to just postpone just based on rental fees, budgets, etc. Uh scheduling like Comic Con. Like right, you can't rely on those people to not be filming a movie. Although, I don't know what's happening in Hollywood. Maybe that's something I should look out for. Bored with everything. How yeah. is Hollywood being affected by COVID 19? Um, but yeah, I mean, good for them. Like, that's making more people safer. So, I applaud that.
0: All right. So, in other news, half the commander decks for Ikoria <laughs> delayed due to coronavirus. So you uh may know we've talked about it on the show before according to some statistics commander is the most popular form of magic the gathering that gets played um and wizards of the coast has warned that half about half the quantities they anticipated to be available will be available for the commander decks there's five new ones coming out uh when the set releases May 15th Josh you know there's always been a really strong secondary market for magic where you know you Buy your your booster packs, open them up, get a really nice fancy card, and then you know, you can sell it for X number of hundreds of dollars to six months later. Yeah. Commander, you know, one of those formats that people really like to personalize. They like to come up with their own things, but the Commander decks are always pretty cool. Uh a nice, easy way to get people in. Do you think this is gonna drive uh a aftermarket for these that's gonna push up the price kind of like we've talked about with consoles currently?
1: Yeah, of course. Like if they're harder to come by then they're going to make more money. And I mean, we've both both lived in a world where duplicates, double image printing, anything weird sells cards for 10 times the price. Like, can you imagine just having a deck that was only printed twice or whatever, whatever they're Mm -hmm. going to do with this? Like it certainly will be interesting. The problem is with magic. I never know between the collectors and the players, when something gets nerfed for tournaments, like, does the value go up or down? I don't know that. Um, and I can imagine seeing a lot of cards, n- like, now just being like, yeah, you can not use those for, like, official tournament play starting in September, because no one has those. Right. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what they're going to do with that, but hey, good for the collectors, because, <laughs> like, <laughs> they'll be rich next year.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And the final story we're going to talk about very briefly, a Florida game store owner was arrested for <laughs> violating the safer at home <laughs> orders. Uh, he tried to operate his store saying he was an essential business. Uh, when confronted... Oh, he confronted GameStop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's fun. That's, that's, that's good. I don't, I don't have a piffy response for that. Um, but yeah, so he did get arrested for trying to operate his business why violating the orders? And while all of us want to support our friendly local game stores, uh, they—if you are in a state that they're not allowed to be operating in—maybe uh, support them after the fact once they are allowed to reopen. So that is it for the <laughs> COVID-related board game news. Josh, anything you wanted to add to it at all?
1: Yeah, it's clever. They said instead of Florida Man, they said Florida GameStop game, stop owner, uh, game, game <laughs> company owner or whatever it
0: was. Game Store owner. Game yeah. Store. Owner.
1: Florida Man. That's all you need to know. <laughs> By the way, they're all on the beach right now. So, Florida men and women, great job! You did it. That is true.
0: The (laughs) WWE is also an essential business, so that can operate. All right, Josh, what is your third topic?
1: (laughs) All right, hey. So the Board Game Geek Award nominees are out, and I wanted to vote, but it it would cost me fifteen dollars to vote, so I'm not voting. Okay. Uh, That being said, I did create um, a. That's going to take forever to load. Uh. A board with video games uh, BGG account, which I'll share the info with Kyle later. Oh, awesome. Um, Because I thought I was just going to be able to vote and then realize that they were going to charge money to do it after I logged in.
0: Oh, gotcha. So
1: we did not vote, but we do now have an account. Uh, So who knows what mischief we'll get up to on this account (laughs) at board with video games. I didn't do board with VG because I wasn't thinking.
0: That's
1: okay. we're going to go over the list of nominees of games, and we'll try to just kind of let's do like a lightning rounds of, we won't necessarily explain our answers.
0: Yeah, because this is a really yeah. long list of but stuff. But we'll just
1: give our and we'll just give our answers, okay? Okay. So let's start with. Well, actually, let's start from the bottom because I was going to start with the big one. Uh Best board game app: we have Seven Wonders Duel, which I had not played. Castles of Burgundy, Evolution, Gloomhaven, Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth, Mystic Vale, Raiders of the North Sea, Santorini. Through the ages and twice as clever or double so clever.
0: Interesting that there's a mix of it seems apps that are needed to do needed to play board games and one is as well as Steam.
1: To,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh okay, I'm gonna go with Mystic Vale.
1: Cool. i uh, I intended to go Gloomhaven, but it's still in beta, so I'm gonna go Evolution because I think it's a great app. It is. Uh Best Podcast. Uh we have Board with Video Games, Blue Peg, Pink Peg, <laughs> Board Game <laughs> Board Game Barrage. Five Games for Doomsday, Game Brain, uh, uh, Heavy Cardboard, No, the No Pun Included podcast, Rolling Dice and Taking Names, So Very Wrong About Games, Sporadically Board Games with Mike and Dan. The game. This game is broken. I vote uh, Board of Video Games. What do you vote?
0: I mean, I vote that too if we had actually been nominated. I'll be honest. I don't listen to any of these podcasts. Yeah, me neither. Uh, okay, moving, moving
1: on. on. <laughs> We're going to skip War Game. Uh, thematic Game. We have Clank Legacy. Cthulhu, Death May Die, Dune, Horrified, Jaws, Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth, Marvel Champions, the card game, Star Wars Outer Rim, Tainted Grail, and You Boot. What do you think?
0: Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Jaws.
1: Me too. Have you played Jaws yet?
0: I have not, (laughs) but just hearing you talk about it. The only one that I, the other one I was thinking of, like, was Lord of the Rings, but I just think Jaws really seems to, from everything I've seen and what you talked about, exemplify the theme
1: yeah i i want to play star wars out of Rim, but it's basic you know like i just need to find the group i have horrified haven't played it i love dune but watching a playthrough of dune at pax unplugged i know (laughs) my wife will not play that game with me
0: (laughs) (laughs) good to know at least
1: yeah it looks very heavy but it looks really awesome uh speaking of off topic have you seen the pictures from the new set of dune
0: well, I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to watch it because, you know, it's only it's being split into two, so it's only, like, not a whole movie. So, so. You, you're you
1: not playing Final Fantasy right now? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on.
0: I am totally I, you recognize I'm joking. <laughs> it looks amazing. I'm excited about it. Yeah,
1: I can't wait. Uh, strategy game. We have Barrage, City of the Big Shoulders, Glenmore 2 Chronicles, Maracaibo, Paladins of the West Kingdom, PAX Premier 2nd Edition, Pipeline, Rez Arcana, tapestry and wingspan wingspan ditto although i was very close to buying glenmore 2 chronicles uh it's a train game in ireland uh solo game arion which is by the people who made that game O'Niram. uh cartographers a role player's tale which is by thundergriff games it's the solo mode essentially a role player Mm. cloud spire currently killing it on kickstarter the Lord of the Rings, Journey in Middle-Earth, Lux Eterna, Marvel Champions, the card game, Pex Premiere 2nd Edition, Tainted Grail, Twice as Clever, and Wingspan.
0: I am going to pick Lord of the Rings for this one.
1: Cool. For a solo game, based on what I've read, I'm picking Marvel Champions, the card game. Hmm. Uh on my list of games I need to get. Print and play nominees. 12 Patriots, 13 Sheep, 14 Real Estate. I'm just kidding. It's just real estate. Uh, Tiny Forming Mars. Roll Estate. Did I say real estate? Yeah. Uh, Under (laughs) Falling Skies, a nine-card print and play game.
0: I'm going to say Tiny Forming Mars, I guess. I don't know any of these games. Yeah, I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) vote. Okay.
1: Uh, Party Game, we have Letter Jam, Medium, Men at Work, Obscurio, Paranormal Detectives, Team 3 Green, Throw Throw Burrito, Original Edition, Wavelength, We're Doomed, and Wits and Wagers, It's Vegas, baby. Wavelength. Cool. I'm picking We're Doomed because I bought it for my buddy at PAX, and he played it without me, with his family, and absolutely loved it. So Awesome. I'm going to stick with that one. Innovative. This is an interesting category. We have Barrage. The crew, the quest for Planet Nine, the King's Dilemma, Letter Jam, Pex Premier, Second Edition, Q. Dot E. Dot Tainted Grail, U Boot, Wavelength, and Wingspan.
0: What do you think?
1: I'm going with the King's Dilemma because it's like number two on my short list of games to buy because it basically reigns the card game, the board
0: game. Right. I'm gonna go with U Boot.
1: Yeah, that is pretty innovative. Yeah. Family game, Azul Summer Pavilion, Cartographers a role player tale. The Crew, The Quest for Planet 9, Draftosaurus, Horrified, The Isle of Cats, Parks, Point Salad, Tiny Towns, and Wingspan.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Tiny Towns.
1: Me too. I was going nice. to go. Uh, second was Azul Summer Pavilion because it is a nice departure from Azul, but also still Azul. Let's skip us expansions. Okay. Cooperative Game. Aeon's End. Legacy. Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition. The Crew. Quest for Planet 9. Cthulhu. Death May Die. Horrified. Letter Jam. The Lord of the Rings. Journeys in Middle Earth. Marvel Champions. The Card Game. Tainted Grail. And you boot.
0: I am going with Lord of the Rings.
1: I'm going to go with Atlantis Rising, but only based on what I've seen uh from other people playing. It's also on the mm. short list. Card game, Aeon's End Legacy, The Crew, Quest for Planet Nine, Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, It's a Wonderful World. L L A M A Or Llama. Marvel Champions, the Card Game. Point Salad, Res Arcana, Tussy Mussi, Villagers, or Wingspan? Wingspan. Same. But I have Aeon's End Legacy. On my Amazon wish list because I found out it is a legacy um, tech builder. So mm-hmm. I'm very, it looks very cool. to try it. Uh, want to skip artwork, although I kind of hate to do that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess we can.
1: Uh, I mean, Wingspan? Yeah,
0: that's what <laughs> I would go with. But yeah.
1: <laughs> Two-player game. We have Blitzkrie- Blitzkrieg World War II in 20 minutes, which seems insulting uh claustrophobia 1643 foothills king domino duel mandala nagaraja shobu skullcallow undaunted normandy and watergate
0: Uh, i'm going skullcallow though i really want to play watergate
1: i don't want to play watergate i agree with you on (laughs) skullcallow all right so here's the last category the biggest category board game of the year we have barrage clank legacy The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine, The Isle of Cats, It's a Wonderful World, Maracaibo, Marvel Champions, the card game, Paladins of the West Kingdom, PAX Premier 2nd Edition, Rez Arcana, Tainted Grail, Tapestry Makes the List, Weird, Taverns of Teventhal, Tiny Towns, and Wingspan. Wingspan! Cool, I have a three-way tie. Wingspan...
0: Time, time towns. towns and
1: Taverns of Tiefenthal. Okay. I really enjoyed my time at Taverns of Tiefenthal. I would put in an asterisk because Emerson was there. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. So maybe eliminate <laughs> that. And I guess I pick Wingspan. <laughs> so those are our guesses. If you want to check out the topics, you can go to BoardGameGeek.com. Board game geek and look up the 14th annual Golden Geek Award nominees.
0: Have you s- seen much about U-Boot?
1: uh I I would say relatively a bunch, but
0: because it was a Kickstarter, right? It was
1: a Kickstarter. I almost backed the Kickstarter. Like I almost back every Kickstarter. Yeah, so that's not remarkable. <laughs> uh, but I don't want. This is not a crit- criticism of boot but I would say I don't know that I've seen more games resold after the kickstarter fulfillment than i have with uboot oh really and i'm not sure if there's a specific reason or not but yeah i saw a lot of secondhand Boots popping up on like facebook marketplace
0: i just really think it probably has a very niche audience but that audience is probably really really likes it
1: yeah i mean it's it looks the production quality looks super incredible yeah.
0: Yeah, it looks amazing. And that's the reason I've always considered almost considered getting it many times, is because it just looks ridiculously cool.
1: If we win the if I win the lottery instead of we, like I'm including you, if I win the lottery, we're gonna I'm gonna buy a cul-de-sac, you get to be my neighbor, and we're just gonna have a house in between us that has a video a board game house, and I'm just gonna buy every game.
0: Okay. And we're just gonna have a whiteboard
1: next up. That
0: that sounds fun. All right. So that is all of the nominees for the BGG Awards. Go check them out. My final topic probably will be pretty quick here. Uh, Riot, who we talked about last week with how they have been just dominating Twitch with Valorant, their new game. Uh, They have placed a $100,000 bounty on Valorant anti-cheat system bugs. So basically what they are trying to do is Valorant and Riot are taking cheating, they're taking a very hard line stance on it. They want to ensure the competitive integrity of the game almost beyond any other thing is they really want to ensure that the game from a competitive standpoint uh, is meeting all the recommendations and and that the people you are playing against are playing legitimately, and the skill you are seeing is legitimately their skill as a result, they have put out a up to one hundred thousand dollars if you can show ways to basically get around their anti-cheat system. <laughs> uh and that the amount you get, the payout somewhere from $25 to $100,000 and it, and this story is on, excuse me, sorry, is on games radar. And it says the actual bounty paid out depends on the impact and practicality of the exploit presented. So, basically they're going all in, putting their money where their mouth is, if you would, and saying, "Hey, we have this anti-cheat system, and if uh, you can figure out a way to break it, we're going to give you money because we want to be able to fix it because we really think not cheating is important. Josh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, smart. <laughs> we have what I can't think of the name of the convention. I've been trying to think of it the whole time. The one the FBI puts on in Vegas, where mm-hmm. they the HackerCon or whatever it's called, <clears throat> where they award cash prizes for people like breaking their systems. Right. I think it's important to do this because you can only be so good. Well, okay, I should start with saying, unfortunately, we have this system where people are looking to take advantage of other people. Mm -hmm. But that is something that is always going to exist. So the companies that take that into consideration where – so the kid I play – the kid that I work with who plays Call of Duty all the time, Right, he watched a video of a guy who hacked Call of Duty. Yep, where he was able to just kill people by just locking onto them and firing bullets or whatever the case was like. And every time he played a game and lost, he assumed he was hacked. He assumed he was cheated. Like, and I'm sure he was never like hacked. He was never playing against someone who was cheating. But like, that's also the mentality it sets around your player base. Even if he was. But right. I'm guessing the amount of hackers to the amount of players is well, who knows? Yeah, uh,
0: I'll say with PC crossplay, <laughs> you know, who knows yeah, how many who people knows? are
1: but yeah, aimbots, uh anything like that. I I think game companies should be encouraged. I don't know that you need to offer a hundred thousand dollar reward. Maybe offer him a job. Like do something to engage your audience in helping you prevent something that this weird uh, group of people have this skill to do. Like, hey, they can't wait for your new game to come out because they're just going to cheat. Right. And it stinks that that's a thing. Right. Um, and we look at companies like Xbox. I, I, I don't mention PlayStation because I'm not sure how they handle it. But like mm-hmm. with Xbox banning, like the amount of people they were banning for cheating – I'm sure PlayStation does similar things um and like banning their accounts for for cheating uh right i I love that that happens it just thinks that that has to happen so creating like they right it's super smart right like mm-hmm. we're putting this game out into the world we want you to test it it's more than a beta test this is a test for professional cheaters and We're going to give you money to help us stop people like you from doing this to us. Right. It is weird on some level. Like, it's like paying a criminal to break into your house. Right. And letting them get away with your stuff.
0: For sure. (laughs) Well, Josh, you know why it's a big deal that they uh, have this bug bounty? Do you know why this is a thing? I don't. Well, the reason it's a thing is that a story from Engadget Uh, Quote, over the past few days, some Valorant players have raised concerns about the fact that the game's anti-cheat driver runs as soon as you turn on your computer (laughs) and runs the entire time your computer is on.
1: (laughs) So it's basically Zoom, but for games. Everyone's like, let's download Zoom, but it requires me to give you all of my information. All of
0: my information. (laughs) And that Zoom keeps every video you ever record ever and all of the people and your locations. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Valorant, <laughs> um, anti-cheat driver does run the entire time your computer is on, uh, Riot says it's because cheating has gotten so sophisticated. There are things you can do before you boot the game to then give you an advantage in the game. So sure. they have to have the anti-cheat system running the entire time. Obviously though, players are like, you're right. But if somebody exploits your anti-cheat system, then they have access to my computer.
1: Yeah. You know, the very people you're trying to stop from cheating your game, are right. going to hack your software and then have the personal information of millions of people trying to stop cheating. <laughs> Correct. Correct. That's awesome. Uh, the irony is palpable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, I do appreciate, though, and it, it does make sense from the perspective of I'm not someone who plays enough PC games, but I have to imagine there are things you can do prior to booting the game that could then still have lingering effects in the game. You boot, that the software does not have to be running concurrently, and that, you know, if they are taking it seriously as they say they are, excuse me, they have to be monitoring the potential for cheating at all times. So, I guess if you want to play Valorant, uh, you got to be okay with being monitored that way. So, anyway, any other thoughts on that story at all, sir?
1: Uh, I think it's a very funny story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, that is it for our topics this week. We do have a listener-submitted question, though. Josh, why don't you take us through that?
1: We do. Shpleg ask, Edoblicious asks us a question. Favorite breakfast burrito? I'm making some for the freezer, and it's one of my faves. Chorizo, black beans, eggs, potatoes, veggies, cheese, etc. You ask for a <laughs> recipe, and you say etc. Uh, oh, um, board games. Point salad, how about taco salad expansion? We also did get a follow-up from AEG yeah. saying that they love the idea. Um, so, split you got to reply to them and give them your suggestions on ingredients. Right. Uh, Kyle, I guess I'll start off by saying I don't eat breakfast burritos. So, have unfortunately, have never had
0: a breakfast burrito? Never,
1: never. Uh, in fact, <laughs> hold on to your butts. All right. I've never had a burrito. What? Ever.
0: Are you serious?
1: Did you hold on to your butts?
0: I did hold on to my now you butt, didn't? but your apparently not enough. <laughs> I know because it was so explosive your your revelation. You're You've explosive. never eaten a burrito, ever.
1: No, I ha- I haven't actually. I've had tacos. Uh
0: huh.
1: I've had chalupas. Is that chalupas? No. Did I have chalupas? No. What's the one that Taco Bell does for the Xbox giveaway? The double quesarillo? I don't know. I've had other things. I've never had a burrito.
0: <laughs> Cheesy fiesta gordita. I don't know. A gordita, double, for. yeah,
1: the the, the okay. gordita, yeah. I okay. know. Uh, I've never had a bur. Uh, I've never had a burrito. Um, I mean, Mexican food just wasn't big for me growing up, and I didn't live the college dorm life.
0: So you've never been to like a Chipotle style restaurant?
1: Yeah, but I get tacos.
0: But why? Okay. And you've never been to like a sit down Mexican restaurant and gotten a burrito.
1: No, I got Ever? tacos.
0: <laughs> Josh. <laughs> now, I want to go on the record and say tacos are like one of my favorite foods. I love tacos. But sometimes, Josh, not much beats a good burrito.
1: I I'm not mes- I'm not disagreeing. I just there's got to be something in the ingredients that I don't like, but all the ingredients playlist that I do like, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, what's not to like in a burrito? Yeah,
1: so uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to trying burritos. I just it just never has happened. I this is like kind of, taxi cab confessions.
0: <laughs> I know I'm kind of at a loss for words. I can't believe you've never had a burrito.
1: I know it's crazy. It's almost like I'm I don't live in a Spanish country. <laughs>
0: Know, I, I don't
1: necessarily that's, a jo- that's a joke.
0: That's a joke. That. Yeah, I was like, I don't know that
1: has much to do with that. My neighborhood is like 80% Spanish, so that's a joke. <laughs>
0: I just can't believe you've never had a burrito, Josh. It's not
1: that I'm opposed to it at all. I just never have had one breakfast burrito or other.
0: So, what would it take for you to actually have a burrito? Just someone
1: asking me to have one,
0: but you would never just order one. Like, you've been to places no, no. that they exist and you've never chosen to get one.
1: I've yeah, I mean I don't eat at Mexican restaurants a lot. And the last time I ate it when I had uh Mexican street tacos with mango fresh mango and it was incredible with like That sounds good. Yeah, it was great. I just like I guess I just find things on the menu, but I don't eat at Mexican restaurants a lot. Like hmm. I'm more Americana stuff and that's just out of convenience, to be honest with you. It's a little expensive to eat at like a Mexicali versus a pizzeria uno. Really? Yeah, it's like ten bucks more a meal.
0: Huh, I, I I've always thought that one of the staple uh, and more stereotype than anything, but of Mexican food and Chinese food is that it's affordable. Oh, Chinese like, food
1: is super expensive here.
0: Oh, Chinese food here is very inexpensive. Oh, really? Yeah, we yeah. don't have
1: that. We don't have that here. It's expensive here.
0: Yeah, now granted, I'm not saying our Chinese food is most authentic, but it's very inexpensive. <laughs> as is our Mexican. Well, I don't even it's not
1: authentic either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, well, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's just uh, Mexican food. Chinese food is is more expensive here wow. than pizza or uh, you know pizza.
0: <laughs> my fa- like, cause my favorite pizza place in town. Uh, they also make okay, and you can judge me if you want to. And this is getting into board with everything territory, but we're talking about food, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, my favorite pizza place in town here. They also make their own dressings, and yeah. their homemade ranch is spectacular. So I always get a side of ranch to dip my crust in uh, after I've eaten my pizza. And if I get like a pizza for myself and the a side of ranches, like nineteen dollars.
1: Oh, that's crazy! But I
0: right, but I can buy dinner for my partner and myself at the Chinese place for like twenty bucks.
1: Why is that so weird? A pizza here and right, ranch would be like understand. thirteen dollars here.
0: For what would be thirteen dollars?
1: A large pizza and ranch.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no.
1: That's crazy. No, granted,
0: I could get it from like Domino's from that. No, I'm that talking price, about probably. like.
1: I just today. I I don't know if you saw on my Instagram. When well, my post, we went oh, to yeah, yeah. our local pizza place. I bought two twelve inch things of dough, sauce, and cheese for eight dollars.
0: Oh, that's no, I can't do that here.
1: I made two pizzas for eight dollars.
0: Yeah, like the <laughs> the Chinese place that we usually go to, we usually spend like twenty four bucks usually when we go for the two oh, of us. Yeah. But but that we usually order extra food, so it's, that's usually like three meals.
1: That's like fifty bucks for us here.
0: Oh yeah, know. like China, and that's like I said, that's usually. <laughs> That is always dinner and often lunch the next day and potentially a snack in there somewhere uh, for like twenty four bucks. Eight skewers
1: of beef teriyaki, thirteen dollars. What? Yeah,
0: Josh. Crab greens,
1: thirteen (laughs) dollars. Egg rolls, thirteen (laughs) dollars. French fries, eight dollars.
0: Literally, our the place I go to, egg rolls are ninety nine cents.
1: That's insane.
0: (laughs) 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 Can we just mash our rolls
1: together? (laughs) I know.
0: I know. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, favorite breakfast burrito, Shplig. I just like breakfast burritos. The one you listed sounds amazing. So that sounds great. (laughs) Anything, I think chorizo goes very, very well with, like, potatoes and eggs because, like, the saltiness mixed with, the like, the the gooey fattiness of, like, the egg yolk uh, if you don't do scrambled eggs. But if you do scrambled eggs, it still works out well, too. Um, Yeah, I love it. That sounds amazing. So I'd eat breakfast burritos every day if I could. I guess I could, I just choose not to, but I, (laughs) I should probably anyway, wrapping things up, moving towards the end here. We are obviously a gaming podcast with some, some sidebars for food. Um, We 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 are
1: obviously (laughs) a gaming podcast after talking about food for 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But we do want to give you one recommendation suggestion or thing we are currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your suggestion this week for our listeners?
1: Uh, I had, I had a very obvious one that I'm gonna maybe save for next week. Uh, so my, my choice this week is, uh, Fiona Apple's new album,
0: Fetch oh. the Bolt
1: Cutters, just dropped on Friday, uh, the last Friday, if you're listening. Uh, I was very skeptical. It's been a very long time since we got a Fiona Apple, and an even longer time since we've got a good Fiona Apple album. Right. <laughs> um, it's like a return to form. It is just as good as her first album, which is for me something crazy to say. There's a lot of weird stuff in it, but it's very artistic. The piano playing is on point. Some of the best you'll ever hear. Her vocals. It doesn't sound like she's aged a day. She mm-hmm. really kills it on this album. Uh, uh, I'm so happy to have this right now, and it's incredible. So if you grew up with Fiona Apple, or Jewel, for that matter, take um, into this because it's great.
0: Very cool. I haven't listened to Fiona Apple in so long. I had a girlfriend in high school who was super into Fiona Apple. Um off so the i'll have to check this out yeah i've (laughs) thought about fiona for a long time that is fiona apple fetch the bolt cutters is it on spotify it is awesome on all all your
1: streaming services
0: very good. All right. So my recommendation is actually going to be two. One's going to be very, very quick uh, just because it, I found it for the first time this last week and it made me happy in my heart. Uh, so a lot of musicians are doing quarantine videos. I'm sure you've seen many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite or a couple of my favorite, though, is uh, The Bad Goldfinger. Um, has done quarantine videos of Superman and Here in Your uh, Bedroom. And they are very good. They are very, very good. So d- be sure to check those out. If you enjoy. <laughs> if you enjoy those, check those out. Uh, but my other recommendation then is going to be just, Josh from last week. Josh gave me a lot of crap about the shows I choose to watch since I keep watching Top Shop. We <laughs> Give you
1: a lot of crap. <laughs>
0: some crap. Um, but I said, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch Community. Uh, so I started Community on Netflix, and I will say the first couple episodes I was a little eh on. Yeah. But it definitely picked up. And I have now finished the first season of Community on Netflix while trying to play Final Fantasy
1: VII.
0: (laughs) Those were the two things I was balancing. Um, And it's great. It's really funny. It's really witty. I I really enjoy Community. (laughs) Um, I have heard, I don't know if Josh, you can confirm this, that maybe the last season and a half or so aren't super
1: great. So the last season was on the Yahoo streaming service. Right,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, It's not great, but it has a bunch of great actors that they picked up. Okay. Um, I still think it's worth a watch, but it mm-hmm. uh, you lose Shirley and Troy. Yeah. And I... and uh, Pierce. Oh dang! Okay. So, uh, you you have fewer characters, but they also brought on Padre Brewster, Arnie uh, Hudson, and oh, very cool. Um, oh shoot! Now I'm gonna be racist. It wasn't ernie Hudson.
0: <laughs> oh no, Josh!
1: <laughs> it's uh, the voice of Spawn. Um. Keith, uh, I don't
0: know who the voice
1: of Spawn is. So, sh- sh- Keith, not Keith. Keith David. Okay. Um, uh, and um, uh, the guy who plays Mike who plays Mike in Breaking Bad.
0: I, actually, I haven't watched that okay. so though.
1: <laughs> so yeah, they they had good cast members, but uh, you can definitely tell Dan Harmon wasn't writing for them. Right. Uh, I think there's like a a, a lull at season five, but it's still good because the main cast is still there, but. Mm-hmm. Did you get to the paintball episode yet?
0: Uh you would, you would know paintball okay. is the
1: peak is peak community. Uh, okay. You'll know when you get there. I think it's season two.
0: Okay. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I say finished one. I think I have like two episodes of se- of season one left. So yeah, I was like, maybe, it maybe it's at the one, end. It could like, be the finale. So, uh, yeah, but I, I am pretty impressed. I will say I had to go do some reading then about the show. Just because I was so curious about it. Yeah. Uh, and now I wish I hadn't done any reading about it. Like, <laughs> nothing got spoiled for me as far as what happens uh, within the show. Yeah. But just learning that apparently, like, Chevy Chase is apparently not a He's nice an person. awful
1: person. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, and things like that really made – because – very much, and while watching this, I'm like, "Why is Chevy Chase even in this show? Like, this just seems like yeah. such an odd thing." And apparently, he made it very well known to everyone that he was. They were very lucky he was in the show, plus many other things. So he's anyway, also,
1: yeah, he's also done that in a lot of his other work besides the show, uh, but yeah. produced by the Russo brothers for five yes. seasons.
0: I know. And then they you know went on to do those really small uh, indie films by Marvel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no big deal. But anyway, yeah, Community on Netflix definitely excellent. I think you should check it out. Uh, Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up?
1: I think that's a great idea, as they say here. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with 3 g you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash with 3 g So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, feel free to email us at with 3 g at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag# board with VG, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we know what's going on in your lives and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating that is whether you are j- downloading us from the p s v g feed, the Dice Tower network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. At why is so serious? That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. And I'm out there in the Switch world. Come and find me. Kyle, where can people find you?
0: So you can find me at all of the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop game.